Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. This is America with Rich Valdez, powered by PolitiWeek.com. And Rich Valdez is with us, former Christie administration official. You work for Chris Christie, you've been in politics, done a lot of public service stuff. Rich Valdez, columnist now with the Washington Times. This is America. Richie V, you're on the air with the nation. The nation. This is America with your host, Rich Valdez. What's up, America? I am Rich Valdez, your liberty-loving Latino amigo, right here, 17 floors above Madison Square Garden in New York City. Now, 9-11, September 11th, 2001. A tragic day. I remember it like yesterday. I was getting ready. I was looking in the mirror, straightening my tie for probably about the 10th time, and I realized... There's something telling me that I really shouldn't go into the city. Now, I was married at the time, and I had a two-month-old in a crib right there in my bedroom. I lived in North Bergen, New Jersey, in a third-floor walk-up. And I remember thinking to myself, man, I just don't feel like getting on the bus today, which was odd because I like to get in early. I like to get, you know, my coffee, my bagel, do my thing. And I went to a different cart back in that day on Broadway right on the corner of 21st Street. That day, I didn't feel like going, and I couldn't understand why. I just knew something wasn't vibing right. So... I stalled. I started watching the news. I was watching WPIX Channel 11 News. And I remember watching the news and my ex-wife tells me, oh, some, some little plane hit the Twin Towers. So there might be traffic or some delays. And I was like, really, a little plane? And I thought to myself, que pendejo, probably one of these pilots that does these tours. Because they would charter tours. I remember when my grandfather visited us from Puerto Rico that same summer, we took him on a bunch of different tours in New York City. And I remember that my buddy worked at the heliport and they used to take the helicopters and do pirouettes in between the Twin Towers and people liked it. So it was part of the uh, package when you would sign up for one of these helicopter tours. So I thought maybe somebody did that with like a small Cessna and a biplane and accidentally hit the uh, Twin Towers. A few minutes go by, it's confirmed that it's a hijacked jetliner that hit the Twin Towers and that there may be more. And this news is just pouring in from all over the place. Really, really interesting stuff. And it's like, wow, holy crap. I can't believe this is happening. Fast forward a couple minutes and boom, I'm watching the Twin Towers implode right before my very eyes. And I thought to myself, is this real? Is it CGI? I looked to my left, my now ex-wife standing right there. I looked at her face. She looked at me, wide-eyed, open mouth. We were like, oh, wow. I went over to the window, which was right to the left of the television set. And this is before we had flat screen television. This was a glass television with the big box in the back. I yanked on the string to open the Venetian blinds and I looked through the window and all I saw was a pillar of dissipating smoke. The tower was gone. I couldn't believe it. I looked on TV and the TV was on a delay, probably about 30 seconds. So as it was crumbling, which was on TV, it had already crumbled. It was already gone. And I thought to myself, we're under attack. This is crazy. And I thought it was probably a Middle Eastern terrorist group only because... That's, in my childhood, it was always the Iranians and those terrorist groups that Iran sponsored that would hijack. Predominantly, I always remember TWA always getting hijacked, although it might have been one hijacking that the media just continued to perpetuate and repeat. But the case in point here is tower goes down. Fast forward a little bit longer, boom, 
Next plane, next tower goes down. And I'm thinking, we're under attack. What the heck do I do? I'm somewhat newly wed. I have this baby, brand new, eight weeks old. I'm thinking, I'm not getting to work today, that's for sure. It was a surreal time. And I bring it up, obviously, because we're on the 19th anniversary of September 11, 2001, the attack on the United States. And if you're one of those that's out there, it's a 9-11 truther that says, come on, Rich, you don't really believe that. It was an inside job. CIA did it. The deep state. Bush. Blah, blah, blah. I'm not there. Sorry. I'm not there. I'm just not one of those guys. So bear with me. America was never the same. Ever. From the liberty that we lost, to the way it changed how we fly, to the unity that came afterwards. The way that people banded together. The way 19 years ago, so many of the guys that are now coming out of the military were little kids. And decided to go into the military because an incredible amount of patriotism permeated American culture immediately following this attack. Muslim, Sikh, Christian, Jew, hand in hand in Yankee Stadium with the President of the United States, with Mayor Giuliani, Governor Pataki. It was America. Sadly, that's not the America of today for many reasons. Back then, the Democrats were sleazy, but they weren't anti-American all the time. You had the anti-American ones. And you had some blue dog Democrats that were still conservatives that ran on platforms like the Second Amendment and the Bible being something they believed in. That's not so much the case today. Today we've got Joe Manchin. (laughs) It's one guy, maybe a handful of others. And it's that division that really the seeds were planted in early 2009 and they kept going till 2015. Those two terms of the Obama administration, so much divisiveness entered American culture. And it's sad. But as we sit here today and look back at 9-11, I think we should ask ourselves, is this the America that we want to be? Is the America that we once were, where we banded together and became strong when we needed to be, is that a thing that's foregone forever? Or are those better days yet to come? I believe they're yet to come. I believe that this is a crucial election because there's so many cultural implications. And by culture, I don't mean like black, white, Hispanic, Asian, but I mean the culture, the fabric of America. I really believe that so many of the progressive leftists will lose some steam. Now the Bernies, the AOC, all out crazy. They're always going to be all out crazy, all out commie. For sure. But a lot of the people that they've coerced to work with them along the way, they're going to lose some steam if they see El Trompito, Donaldus Magnus, the 45th president of the United States, take it home on November 3rd. That's the question that I have. Get at me at Rich Valdez on Twitter, at Rich Valdez on Instagram, at Rich Valdez on all of the social media, including Parler, which I really enjoy because you can post long videos on Parler. Check it out if you haven't. So as we look back on September 11th, Let's take a moment to reflect on everybody that died, everybody that served, everybody that survived, everybody that cleaned up afterwards, and many of those who died from cancer and other things, everybody that joined the service after that, in service to their nation. And let's never forget, do what you got to do, read a book, speak to somebody who was there, grab a magazine. A couple of years ago, maybe not last year, the year before, I took my 16 or 17-year-old daughter at the time to Fairleigh Dickinson University where Officer Will Jimeno, was, who was one of the cops that was stuck for God knows how long in the lobby of the World Trade Center and watched his friend die next to him. 
and held on and held on and held on. They were trapped by steel beams. He was giving a speech on 9-11 and telling the story. And it was a moving story, an incredibly moving story. And I urge you to check it out on YouTube, Will Jimeno, or any of the first-person accounts, those first-person narratives, so that you can really experience, at least through story, what happened that day. And many of you, you know, were there and lived through this. But for those of you that are younger, and I know we have a growing younger audience, and I appreciate you immensely, take a second and check out those videos. Because when you hear Make America Great Again, we're talking about those times and times before that where Americans banded together, where we were all Americans despite political differences. Keep it locked right there. I am Rich Valdez. You're listening to This Is America. This is America. All right, America, welcome back. And you've heard about this story about the woman who owned the salon and leaked the tape that she got to the media when she found out that Nancy Pelosi, the Speaker of the House, was getting her hair did at her salon. Now, that became a big thing, and people threatened her, and there was a GoFundMe, and she got a quarter of a million dollars. Now it's $300,000. But today, or last night, she announced she's out. They are pressuring her so much. She said the calls, the texts, the, the threats, there's just too much. They're threatening to cancel her, so much so that she's willing to leave. And God bless her that the Patriots stepped up and helped deliver $300,000 to her so that she can maybe start life over again and hide and go into the Patriot you know, Relocation Protection Program. And it's sad that we have to do that, but that's where we're at. If I were a single mom, I'd probably get armed very highly, and then I would move out because the left plays dirty. We see it time and again. Every single day. Just today, and this is a little off topic, but just today, New York Post has a photo of seven mugshots, all of them like under 30 years old, privileged white kids that brought up in good homes, that were brought up with good educations, whose parents are successful. They're the ones that were arrested for the looting and the rioting and being the leaders of this looting and rioting in Manhattan last week. Unbelievable. Doing this in the name of Black Lives Matter. Now, I understand that everybody should be supporting Black Lives Matter per se, right? As, as an idea, not as an organization. Of course, we support all lives, right? I think, and I think we're all in agreement on that. But if it isn't clear to you the way it's clear to me that these people who happen to be white, progressives, I would say communist sympathizers, are co-opting something that many people believe was intended for good, despite what BLM says on their own website, which means they're not intending it for good. But despite all of that, it's clear to me these people are taking advantage of minorities. And if you've listened to this show before in previous episodes, I did a whole show on one of the articles from Marxist.org, which has lots of teachings on how these commies think. And it's really interesting to get inside their heads sometimes. And what they've been talking about since the early 1900s and even before that is co-opting or recruiting what they call the national minority. And up until 2020, it's always been uh, the black Americans. Now it's Hispanic Americans. And this is the first time that Hispanics outnumber blacks as the largest minority in America. And I'll get to Hispanics more in the next segment because a, a new poll came out and it's pretty interesting. But I want to talk about how the left has become so radical. I don't even want to say radical. I think it's more like militant, right? On the way here, or I should say before I came here, I was looking at a video that popped up in my YouTube. It was from a couple of days ago. It says Antifa leader arrested in Kenosha, Wisconsin with a flamethrower. 
Who brings a flamethrower to a riot? Now, of course, in my head, I'm hearing the Footloose song because somebody sent me a meme or a video with the Footloose song playing with that idiot who threw a Molotov cocktail at the police and spilled on him and it started burning his legs and he was running around, trotting around the street. It was really funny. If you haven't seen it, I tweeted it out. You can check that out at Rich Valdez on Twitter, at Rich Valdez on Parler, at Rich Valdez on Facebook. But the point of it is this radicalization or militarization, if you will, of the radical left, how they're using everything and they will weaponize everything. I mean, we're talking about something as simple as Facebook. I think everybody's got one. Almost like everybody on the planet has one. And I'm being facetious. But it's huge, right? It's a big social media outside of TikTok. And as one of the largest platforms in the world, we want to show our dog off, our little children, achievements in life, stay in touch with family and friends that are far away. Cool. But now social media providers like Facebook and Mark Zuckerberg and Jack Dorsey at Twitter, they're saying, no, no, no. They're going to censor any premature announcement of victory in the November election. And while in theory I agree with that, you shouldn't say that you're the winner if you're not the winner, I think it also sets the stage to prepare people to at least suspect that somebody's going to falsely claim victory, which isn't normally the case. I mean, we, we don't typically have presidential elections where somebody goes, all right, they're not done counting, but hey, I'm the winner. Just letting you know I'm the winner, folks. That's me. No, that doesn't really happen. Even in 2000 with Bush and Gore, that didn't happen. You had the media coming out saying, and it looks like, uh, if we can find the audio, I'll I'll put it in. But if not, it it went like this. (laughs) And it looks like Florida is going to go to Vice President Gore. And then everybody just called. And it looks like so-and-so's called it for Vice President Gore. Florida apparently has been called for projected winner Vice President Gore. And the polls were still open in the most conservative districts in Florida. How does that happen? Well, because part of it spills over into a different time zone. I get it. I understood it. But how did the media screw that up? They didn't screw it up. They don't screw up a lot of things. They, the same way they didn't screw up how they didn't fact check anything when they had four or three or how many ever uh, imaginary anonymous sources saying that Trump said this and Trump said that. What planet are you on when you start saying that the president of the United States said this and said that and you don't have a single witness to back it up? Well, they figured, you know what? We'll test it out. We'll say that there's a guy and we'll call him the whistleblower. And we'll say that he heard this and saw this and did that and saw that. And then we'll say, oh, well, we can't reveal the whistleblower. Well, because, you know, whistleblowing is very dangerous business and uh, we just can't do that. And we'll see how many suckers buy it. And they continue this barrage and they've taken so many people... My dad would say, le cogieron de pendejo. My mother would say, mira nene, no seas bobo, te van a coger de soqueta. They've taken everybody for a fool here. Not everybody, but everybody that follows their stupid stories. So while I am saying to be smart and read things and have more information literacy and use more critical thinking, I'm also saying there's a lot of people who don't care about any of those things and will believe the first thing that sparks emotion in them. And this happens on both sides. I mean, if we put up a story tomorrow that says Hillary Clinton disavows Catholicism, disavows Protestantism, joins Muslim Brotherhood, I could find a lot of people that'd be like, yep, yep, I believe it. And it could, without even checking to see if it's true. They don't care to fact check it because they already have a poor opinion of her. 
the same way people don't care to fact check Trump because they have a poor opinion of him. So my point is we can't allow people just because they push uh, their demagoguery on us, their disinformation on us. We can't just sit there and buy it. That's not how it works. We have to be above the fray. We have to be smarter. We don't have to be the first one out there to say, oh, no, 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 I told you, I told you, I told you six months ago this would happen. Who cares when you told anybody? Get it right. Imagine if you were a sniper and you're like, oh, I, sh- I shot that bullet six months ago. The friggin' target wasn't there six months ago. It's all about timing. You don't always have to be early, but you do always have to be right. You do always have to be accurate. And that drives me nuts. I'm both sides of the aisle because honestly, I see a lot of it. I talk to a lot of people about a lot of things. Crazy things too. Things I want to talk about on this program, but we talk about them. Had a conversation the other day. Somebody was saying, wait till they, wait till everybody finds out about the aliens. And I said, well, what about the aliens? <laughs> they said, wait till they find out. Everything they've always thought was, was fake is real. I said, but what makes, what makes you think people think aliens are fake? And he says, well, I just think most people don't believe it. And I thought, okay, well, presuming most people don't believe it and there's a major announcement, we have aliens. I said, do you really think people are going to be like, oh my gosh, did you hear there's aliens? Because I really don't. I remember being, I'm 42 years old now. I remember being a little kid watching a movie about an alien that lived in somebody's house. E.T. Then there was a whole sitcom about it. Alien life form. Alf. I mean, this has been poured into our culture forever. The little Martian guy. This goes back to black and white TV. I think the idea that's saying, and I'm just using this as an example, that the alien revolution being revealed to America somehow is going to be huge news. I think people are going to go, yeah, and does that lower my taxes? Do I get a bonus from my job because of that? If so, I love it. If not, no. Now there's other people that think that with this alien stuff becoming a big thing, they'll make some money on it. I guess if you're Elon Musk and SpaceX, you can do that. If you're Rich Valdez, maybe I'll talk about it. Maybe I'll get some new listeners. I don't know. But I do know that's not my shtick. So my point is, I think there's a lot of times where we get into this, I told you, I told you that was going to happen, where it's useless. It's useless. It's also useless to, all right, now if Trump loses, what do you think? Who cares about that today? How about when Trump wins? Or how about what we're going to do to help Trump win? Because this crystal ball game that people want to play is useless. It's an exercise in futility. Now, I get it. I guess if you want to handicap things, you want to make conversation. If that's what you want to do, that's fine. But if you're truly committed to seeing a win, spend more of your energy on actually getting people to vote for Trump. And the way to do that is not to, oh, my 16-year-old niece, she's a real leftist. Oh, my, my, uh, my sister's friend's daughter's kid neighbor, 19 years old, she's brainwashed. Good luck. What are you going to do, sit there and unbrainwash her? Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. Find somebody that's apolitical. Find somebody who doesn't give a damn about politics. And it's like, yeah, I'm thinking of voting. I'm really, I'm honestly, I'm on the fence. I don't know. Find that person. It's going to be way easier for you to go, oh, listen, I don't know about you, but I can tell you in the three and a half years before freaking COVID, I was doing good in this area, in this area, in this area. 
And I'm going with Trump. He's got a proven track record. I already know what I get with Trump. And people who don't hate Trump, but maybe hate politics, will go, yeah, you know what? Maybe I'll consider that. Not everybody's a radical leftist. Not everybody's in the KKK and wants to secede from the union. I mean, there's tons of normal people out there. So I, again, I get this question a lot. That's why I'm bringing it up. I think we just got to go after the low-hanging fruit. And it's very frustrating if you're like me and you live in a blue state where you look to your left, you look to your right, whoever's standing next to you has never voted for a Republican, ever, maybe in the Reagan revolution. They don't know what it's like. And maybe they will pull the lever for Trump this time, looking at Biden and saying, you know what? Biden's a fake, phony fraud. He's not the real deal. He seems puzzled. And yeah, I believe he has some cognitive deficits, but I don't think he's a full-blown Alzheimer dementia patient. I really don't. I remember seeing him, and it was some years ago, mop the floor with Paul Ryan in the debate, the vice presidential debate. He broke him down. Joe Biden wasn't in the Senate for like almost 50 years, 40 plus years, because he's a punk, he's a chump. He may not have been able to become president, but he knows the swamp. He knows how to win an election. He knows how to hold on to a seat and to hold on to power. He's Beijing Biden. He's no bubble. He is Joe El Baboso Biden. Now, yeah, he stutters and he did have two open brain surgeries. So I'm guessing that there's some degree of brain damage that goes along with those surgeries that may cause some of the aphasia and other symptoms that he displays when he stammers, stutters and looks really puzzled. I get it. And I went through that with my dad who had a traumatic brain injury. So I happen to know about that a little bit. And if you do have to engage with somebody that's coming at you, like I did earlier today on my personal Facebook, somebody who I know from high school, who I know served this country, who I knew fell on some tough times later on and asked me for help and I was glad to help because this country blessed me and in turn, through that blessing from God and from our free market system in our economy, was able to help him. And I've got nothing but respect for this guy. But he came at me today and he said this, have you forgotten your roots, homeboy? Because the real threat is white supremacy groups. The only problem is that you've forgotten that you live in white America. And that's how they want to keep it. This president has revitalized white supremacy and done nothing but con you and all those that believe that he's God's gift to this nation. Any opportunity he's given to get away with something that is wrong or criminal, he'll happily take it. Your party is crumbling because of the example it has today. There's nothing good about this president. And once again, I'm exploring, I think he's saying imploring. I'm going to go with imploring. I'm imploring you to remember your roots, but also what being a patriotic person is. They are pretending that their racist undertones and xenophobia is patriotism. It's not. And it isn't Christian in my book. No way Jesus would condone him without rebuke. Stay golden, my brother, and bendición. That's a benediction. God bless. And I was not surprised. I get a lot of this. But I really thought to myself, somebody that served, somebody that, you know, had seen the goodness of humanity and the worst of humanity as he served overseas, I'm naive enough to think that he'd have a better understanding of our political system. But I wasn't right. Whatever history we had went out the window. He was polite. He was respectful. But it was borderline 
this is my warning. If you don't turn away from Trump, we can't be friends. And Lord knows I've probably gone through that, even if I don't realize I've gone through that. My response to him was this. I remember my roots. I remember how tough life was as a kid in Brooklyn and as a teenager, it got a little better in Jersey. I remember how my business, my career, and my family benefited from buying two homes during the Bush administration. I remember how my friends sold their homes during the Obama administration's housing crisis. I remember how last month an old friend of mine, Puerto Rican guy, told me his business as an electrician is booming. I remember last week how my buddy Christian, he's from Chile, he's in the fire extinguisher business, he told me he's done better in the last four years than he'd ever done in that business, and he's been in it for almost 20 years. I remember how two weeks ago, another buddy of mine, a Peruvian, Puerto Rican descent, just got this cool senior director, manager, executive type job in a hospital, doing well, making good money, looking to buy a really nice house. When I look back at my roots, I remember how much I don't give a damn about what color anybody is because we're all red, white, and blue in my book. So when I think of my roots, I think of all the progress we've made, and it's got nothing to do with Democrats and nothing to do with racism. When I look at my roots, I remember how disappointed I was in Vice President Al Gore for being such a punk and a sore loser. I remember working for the RNC on the 2004 Bush re-election campaign. I've been in and around politics for 20 years, and I haven't seen a Democrat help a Latino or anybody else to get away from government assistance so they can earn a living on their own two feet instead of being supported by taxpayer dollars. I look at my roots, and I'm proud of the choices I've made especially the choice to vote for a New York City businessman that fights back when the media attacks him with lies. I thank God for these choices, and I'm confident that Christ isn't going to be mad at me for them. A lot of people buy into the media hype, and it's understandable, but eventually people realize that we must rely on God and the strength he's given us and never rely on our government. I stay focused on liberty in this election there's only one candidate that will let me remember my roots without a lockdown or a mask mandate. Only one candidate wants to see my pockets fat. Only one candidate that's even campaigning to earn the votes of Latinos here in America. And there's only one candidate that's going to win, even if they tie things up in court until January. And that's President Donald Trump. And I signed off saying, hey, be well, my brother. I shared that with you and it was a little long and drawn out, but I think so many of us are experiencing that exact conversation. And I don't think we always need to hit the block button, although I have, but I think a little grace goes a long way and a little logic goes even further. Keep it locked right there. When we come back a little bit more on these Latinos and the new poll, I'm Rich Valdez. You're listening to This is America. This is America. Bienvenido America, welcome back. I am Rich Valdez, El Conservador, also known by some as the voice of Hispanic conservatives. And today we're going to be talking about Hispanics, at least in this segment we are, because I uh, was scrolling through Twitter and I saw a tweet from Just Facts, at Real Just Facts. You can check them out at justfacts.com slash rich to get their free newsletter. And I saw their tweet and the tweet asked, in the United States, which of the following racial slash ethnic groups is least likely to be pulled over by police for a traffic stop? And so I clicked on it. I wanted to see what the result was, you know, what the answer. 
So I looked at it and it brings you to the Just Facts Daily Question of the Day, which I thought was really cool because you can learn a lot of stuff here. So I clicked on, you know, what I thought it was and I hit submit and it said, yes, correct answer. And only 31 other people, or excuse me, 30, 31% of other respondents got that right. But it says in 2015, and that's the latest national data available, 7.6 of all Hispanic drivers were pulled over in a traffic stop as compared to 8.6 of all white drivers and 9.8% of all black drivers. While ignoring the fact that Latinos are pulled over at the lowest rate, many media outlets and activists have cited the higher traffic stop rate for blacks as proof of police discrimination. However, such statistics don't account for the disparate rates that individuals of different races engage in behaviors that lead to the traffic stops. So what I'm inferring here is just because I'm Hispanic doesn't mean I'll drive fast. And if you've driven with me, I didn't earn the name Miss Daisy driving fast. Speeding, driving with an expired license plate or operating a vehicle with a broken headlight or blinker. Thus, this study, which was conducted in New Jersey, found that black drivers were more likely to be pulled over, but police stop rates matched very closely the rates at which drivers exceeded the speed limit by more than 15 miles an hour. So it was pretty interesting, and you know, I'm not going to bore you with all of the details there, but you can go ahead and check it out. And what I love about Just Facts is that they give you the raw data. They're not giving you anything but the facts, hence Just Facts dot com slash rich j-u-s-t-f-a-c-t-s dot com slash rich they don't add spin they don't add their opinion of the data they give you the primary source data where it came from they lay it out you make your choice based on the data given so i always say you need to have the facts facts are what matter in a time like now where we don't know what's going on because the media is lying to us constantly you need a source of facts that you can rely on without getting bombarded so they send uh, I think it's a weekly. Uh, I should probably know that better, but I, I think I see once a week an update on what they've got going on. And you can sign up for that free email update, justfactsfacts.com. Now, speaking of Hispanics, there's this poll that's come out. There's two polls, actually. There was one from Quinnipiac that we talked about in the last episode, and there's another one from NBC. And all of them are showing that in some of the states, in particular Florida, where there's a large... Hispanic population that typically is never won by Republicans, the president is making some really, really good gains. And Biden is looking really, really weak. And that's interesting. And if you look a little bit further into other media and you want to do a little research, you'll find that there are a bunch of Hispanic Bernie supporters that truly are authentic communist sympathizers, genuine progressives, genuine reds. These people love Bernie. Bernard Sanders, healthcare is a right. They love Denmark. They love this guy. Now, I don't know why, but they do. They love the idea that he kind of comes across as, you know, to the Democrats, he says, you're not doing enough. You're not doing enough. I didn't use my Bernie voice, you know, and he attacks the Republicans. Welfare, corporate welfare, Wall Street is the enemy. Capitalism is a crime. And you get these types of, uh, you know, this. It, he comes across as a middle-of-the-road candidate. And they like that. They're like, man, you mean I can get a bunch of free stuff if I just hate Wall Street and, like, burn down a few banks? And that's great. 
And then little by little, they become radicalized. And, and again, that's that whole Bolshevik tactic, the Marxist mantra of dividing people, whether it's the proletariat, the working man, the working class versus the bourgeoisie, the elite, or black versus white, gay versus straight, Christian versus whatever. They find so many ways to slice this up. Democrat, Republican, and they try to get in the middle and wedge an issue however they can because they thrive on strife. They thrive on focusing on inequity instead of focusing on compromise, focusing on solutions, focusing on a shared strategy to win. Never. It's not what they do. But even the media is now catching up. I want you to listen to Stephanie Rule on MSNBC. This was yesterday discussing Trump leading among Latinos in Florida. Listen to this. But why is it that anyone believes that message about Joe Biden, uh, Saul? Joe Biden has been in office for decades and there is nothing super progressive or socialist about him. Why are people suddenly buying into this idea that Joe Biden's a radical, especially Latinos, when President Trump has said and done so many anti-immigrant things? Okay, so now she's making jokes. Oh, gosh, why would anybody believe Joe Biden's a socialist? Well, maybe it's because he's shown himself to be incredibly feeble. He's appointed AOC and Bernie Sanders as his right and left-hand people. Why wouldn't we believe that they've got their hands so far up inside of him that they're making his mouth talk like a puppet? Joe hasn't stood for anything. He has a record that spans four decades of nothingness. And when you look really deep and you drill down, you find, well, actually, there's somewhat of a record. It's a record of putting black men in jail. And that's not coming from me. That's coming from my black friend, Brandon Bryce in Detroit. When I asked him about, what do you think about Kamala Harris and Joe Biden? He said, oh, you mean the Locker Brother Up ticket? (laughs) All I could do was laugh. So, I mean, not very favorable. But she wants to question why anybody would think that Joe Biden is this or Joe Biden's that. But some people keep it gangster. Some people keep it real, like Eddie Glauder. And uh, listen to him on The Morning Joe. Check this out. Uh, but I think uh, Vice President Biden uh, needs to, in some ways, invest more in the Latino community. Those numbers in Florida raised some questions for me. It kind of threw me back into the 2016 moment, I guess, Joe, with Hillary Clinton in Milwaukee and some other places. But I think he's in good stead. Um, I'm always worried now in the context of the pandemic, Willie, what do we make of the ground game? How will it look? What, did it, what does the turnout look like? How does, how does the ground game make itself known in this context? But he's in good position, and I think that's a good thing to, be, to not say anything worth saying, but he's in a good position. Now, if you're talking about ground game in September, somebody should fire the campaign manager because this is something you needed to set up a while back. Not today, but a while back. Trump is making gains Amongst disaffected voters, people that don't even like him, they're going to stay home. And more and more people are starting to like him because they're realizing this other guy's a clown. So now they're dismissing the disinformation and they're taking in what Trump has to say. And they're saying, you know what? You're right. Not so bad. These people are out of their minds. I'm tired of wearing a damn mask. Now, okay, I know there's a lot of people. Listen, I meet a lot of people that love the mask and love the six feet. They love it. They're somewhat antisocial to begin with. If they don't have to see people, they prefer not to. So this is like heaven for them. But I think by and large, most of America, especially people that want to sell things to people and serve people in restaurants and, you know, 
have a doctor's clinic and just do so many things where you need to be in touch with humanity, I think those people want to continue to earn a living. I think those people want people to be calm and continue to go comfortably to a restaurant, to comfortably go and see their doctor, to not fear for their life. And America has a lot of healing to do, and it's not so much about racial division. I think the biggest part of the healing we need to do is the PTSD from the barrage of false info that we got related to coronavirus. Now, I get it at the time, people were freaking out. I spoke with my own friends in the department of HHS, and they had that same information, saying this is the most deadly virus we've ever had. And now hindsight is twenty twenty, and we're able to say, you know what, it's not as deadly. CDC numbers show it's a little bit different. With comorbidities, this thing is very deadly. But on its face, not so much. That's stuff that we know today, but we didn't know before. Now, I'm not going to get into a whole segment on coronavirus. I do want to keep this on how the media is freaking out over Hispanics gaining traction, Trump gaining traction amongst Hispanic Latino voters. And I've seen this coming. Now, I'm not trying to be the guy, I told you so, I told you so. That's not my, my angle here. My angle is that they've not made the investment like Eddie uh, just mentioned. And I rarely agree with the guy, but he's right. He sees it, that they didn't make an investment. They didn't pay attention. They didn't do anything. Trump is winning because of his record. Biden didn't even pander. That's the real mistake here. He didn't even put the hot sauce in his pocketbook. How dare he? Listen, we have to continue to move forward and fight for what it is that we believe is right. Fight for America. Fight for liberty. And I don't mean putting up your fist, but yes, if you have to. I'm talking about taking on the media when we can, taking on the classroom, becoming a teacher. Do what you got to do. Take your kid out of the public school. Radical times call for radical measures. Hamilton, if we stand for nothing, we'll fall for anything. Burke. The only thing necessary for evil to triumph is for you to do nothing. Don't sit there and do nothing. Do something. Hasta la próxima, America. I am Rich Valdez, and this is America. This is America. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com.